Hi, everyone. I'm Nikki Porter. And I'm Nadine Smith. And this is Canada Horse Podcast brought to you by Informed Equestrian. We strive to enhance the lives of horse owners by facilitating conversations that make people want to talk. Canada Horse Podcast, we are spotlighting the Canadian horse industry while serving our mission to help bridge the knowledge gap for horse owners by offering the whys behind the decisions we make for our horses from their tack to their trainers to their vet care and everything in between. Our listeners are encouraged to use the information offered here on the Canada Horse Podcast to make informed choices that suit their individual needs. We believe in education over judgment and informed choices over following the crowd. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode number five of Canada Horse Podcast. And if you've listened to the first four episodes, we hope you're enjoying them. And please send us your feedback and suggestions because that really makes a difference in what we plan for the upcoming episodes and lets us know kind of where your interests lie. So also we're on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. If that's your thing, um, we can be found at informed equestrian, or you can just email us at podcast at informed Since we've started asking all of our guests to do an overview of a day in their lives, we thought it would only be fair if we did that too. So today you're going to hear a little bit about the day in the lives of the informed equestrian girls, which is us. And then we're going to dig into why we have horses, why we spend money, and why we do all the things that we do with and for them. We're also going to give you guys a few examples of what you can expect in the coming episodes of Canada Horse Podcast. And we're going to put our dream guest names out into the universe and hope that, I don't know, somebody knows them or they hear it or they just get a feeling and they call us and they want to have a chat. (laughs) Um, and then we're going to do our draw for our final giveaway contest later but we do have a new giveaway to announce so stay tuned for that all right Nikki I know what your days are like so it's gonna be really fun to listen to you tell everyone else so give us a day in the life of Nikki Porter (laughs) I'm not sure if I'd use the word fun to describe (laughs) my day some days uh so my days it depends on the day my days this week are a little bit hectic but I kind of have created a little bit of that or I guess I've created all of it so I we do put anything that's on our plates, we put it there. And I have to recognize that the days that I'm staying up until one o'clock in the morning working, and then I'm like, oh gosh, why do I, why is this happening? I put it there. So, so a day in the life of me, well, I really enjoy my sleep. So I set my alarm as late as possible. I also don't like sleep through my alarm. So I set my alarm for seven o'clock And I have my daughter to get ready for school. We need to be out the door latest by 20 after eight in order to have her in in school on time. So that's how my morning starts. Then once she's dropped off, as soon as she leaves the car, I send Nadine a voice memo. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes she gets me a voice memo first. And sometimes I actually this morning I sent it. And as I was recording my voice memo to her, a voice memo popped up saying good morning to me from her. So we're very much... We're in sync there. And then I head to the burn and it depends on if I have help or not, how long it takes me to kind of get through the chores there. But right now we have about 11 horses that we're taking care of. 
And so some of them stay out overnight, which is fantastic. So typically I have anywhere between 11 and four stalls to do in the morning. And then I start riding. So I have two horses that I absolutely must work a day right now. And then if I have a flexible schedule, then I like to pop my work in with my own horse there. And then I'll come home. Typically, we'll try to get some lunch in, but I will then be working on either Nikki Quarter coaching stuff or informed equestrian stuff. So it just depends on what's on the docket for the day, what is most prioritized. This week, everything is prioritized. So like I have the launching of the Aware Horsewoman program is happening this week and it starts on Monday and then our this so we're recording this obviously before and all of our podcast stuff launches on the fourth is that correct do I have my dates correct right now yeah I mean by the time this comes out it should be the fourth we haven't put it out on in social media yet the exact dates right so but that's what this week looks like for me so it's a little bit hectic um so they change but what I do really like about the you know a day in the life of me is that I have prioritized it to be able to take my daughter to school and I've prioritized it to be able to pick her up from school. So I check in with her before she goes. I check in with her when she's done her day. Uh, Then she typically goes off to her nans or she stays home with me. But I've, by making my own schedule, I've been able to make sure that I've prioritized important times of the day with her that I get to check in. And you know, try very hard to be able to prioritize the time with family. Normally at night, I end up coming back down and working in my office. You know, Mondays are always late nights, but I try not to be too late. But such is the life of when you say, okay, I'm going to leave my job and I'm going to go and do the things. And then you go, oh, I have, I have to do all the things. So yeah, so that's a day in the life of me. How exciting. And and, and that is not even, so it it changes for the seasons, right? For you, because then there are times of the year when you're working seven days a week Yes, and you and Mike are on the road and you guys, I don't even, we've had conversations, Mark and I, like, we don't know how you guys just do it. Like day after day after day, week (laughs) after week, just on the road and back home and work. (laughs) So right now, like Mike works construction. So he just, normally they don't work a lot during the winter. So that's why we bring horses in to work with over the winter. But right now he actually just started a a construction job. So like he's working between his construction job, riding horses. And then in the winter, we work every second weekend, really. So we have two weekends out of the month that we work. So we only work seven days, no, six days a week during the winter. And then in the, in the spring, they flip. That's right. So we we're trying to take more control of our, of our schedule, but I consider the weekends we go away and we get to actually show, which I know that that really hasn't been a thing lately, but the weekends that we can prioritize doing things with our own horses. I don't consider those work weekends, um, even though we're not at home and we're doing the things and whatever else, but um, it's, it's rare for us to be at home period. I think, I think that's an end stop right there. And even weekends that we do have off, we try to actually not stay home. We, we actually organize. Typically we'd go to Moncton. We would take Blake to Moncton. 
We would take her to, if it was winter, we'd take her sledding. If it was summer, we'll take her biking or whatever. Um, but we try to get ourselves off of property because as you know, if you have your horses at home or it doesn't matter, if you have a property that requires mowing and fence work and all of the things, which most of us probably do, unless you live in a condo, you probably do. So it's hard to step away from the work because all you see is the list. So we make sure that on the weekends that we have off, we actually take them off and go with our daughter and do things. Yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Mm. And I'm definitely a homebody. So it's really hard to pull me away from home. <laughs> I'm that person. I'm that person that's like, please invite me to the things, but I really don't want to go. <laughs> Noted. So it's like, I want, I want to be friends and I want to have friends, but like, I really don't want to leave my house in the comfort of my home. Just come to me. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you want to hear about a day in the life of me? I would love to hear about a day in the life of Nadine. Yeah. So let's. It starts off very similar to yours, only like several hours earlier. <laughs> Much earlier than mine. <laughs> so my son has inherited my uh, early morning gene. And it is my dream in life to be able to wake up earlier than him so I can have my coffee and start out the day. But he gets up at 5.30 every morning, so it's hard for me to get up any earlier than that. So that's when we start our day typically. So we have a a decent amount of time to relax and have our coffee and breakfast in the morning. And then I usually head out and do my, you know, feed the horses and put them outside around 7. And then it's inside to get him ready for school. And we leave around the same time as uh, Nikki and Blake do. And so we're at school by 8.30 and then it's basically Nikki and I connecting over, okay, what needs to be done today for informed equestrian? Where are we at? What are you doing? What's on your plate? So we have really, really good communication when it comes to that stuff. And then I get home and it feels like a five hour rush, even though I'm basically (laughs) sitting down the whole time. So I work from home for my husband and mostly do administrative and kind of financial stuff for his, his work. And then also informed equestrian. So it's, I'm usually sitting in front of my computer for a good amount of time. The good thing is, is that I'm at home so I can pop out and feed my horses hay or check their water or whatever I need to do. And also take my dogs for a walk in the middle of all that. And some days I find time to do house chores and sometimes not. (laughs) And then back at the school at 2.30 to pick up my son. And then we come home and I don't know, I haven't found the magical way to get a four-year-old to play by himself yet so usually I play games and Nintendo and Beyblades and any other thing he wants to do for a couple hours before supper and we have a pretty typical day and when I can I fit in time to do stuff with my own horses so whether that's groundwork or riding or just kind of hanging out with them. I try to make my time out in the barn, especially in the evening when I usually I'm doing stalls in the evening after supper or before supper. And that's the time where I try not to rush and I just, you know, brush them or spend time with them or whatever it is, depending on the day. And then starts all over again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's been different since COVID too, because we would typically be out and about on the weekends or doing clinics or horse shows or whatever, but it's all different in the summer. Yeah. I honestly, like... (laughs) Our kids could not be more different when it comes to their sleep schedules. It's hilarious to me. I mean, it breaks my heart for you sometimes because yeah, I know you you need a little more sleep than you get sometimes. But is that that is that you as well? Like, do you have yeah. a hard time sleeping as well? It's not just because he doesn't sleep in the morning. Would you, what time would you naturally get up? I mean, I would naturally get up by six. I'm I'm an early riser anyway. And there are days when you're like, oh my gosh, you got up so early. But I'm like, man, you went to bed at one o'clock. I know. I can't, 
Right. So it's the same amount of sleep. I mean, but it just, I'm not a late night person. I'm more of an early morning person. So like by the time like 7.30 hits, I'm raring to go. I'm ready to hit the ground running. <laughs> and uh, not everybody's like that. But So it's funny because my husband is very much like that. And my daughter and I have the same clock. So both Blake and I could stay up. That's like our creative hour. Like we could stay up and do things until one o'clock in the morning all the time. But then we would both want to sleep till eight. And he's the opposite. He wants to go to bed like you. He wants to go to bed at a decent time. And then he's up and ready to roll and doing the things and way more energetic. So I do have a feeling this is going to be a bit of a bone of contention in our house a little over the years because he watches me drag Blake out of bed with like five minutes to spare in the morning. And he dies laughing because part of our routine, I hate waking her up because I don't like being woken up. So (laughs) I like snuggle in with her and wake her up. And then I put her blankie over my shoulders. And then I wake her up just enough that she climbs onto my back and I piggyback her to the bathroom. And then I hold her and I hug her until she's ready to stand on her feet. And then we start our day from there. (laughs) But like, she doesn't wake up bouncing like he does. And neither do I. So uh, nobody nobody bounces quite like Mike Porter, but anyway, (laughs) no, we are very much the opposite in the morning. So it's, it's hard for him to kind of like watch our process. I think. (laughs) Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. But yeah. Okay. So we know what we do in our day. Now Mm -hmm. let's just kind of go over why we do it. There are a lot of things that horse people understand and get, and other people might think it's gross or weird or not understand why we do it why do you bang the ice out of your water bucket every day why do you have poop all over your boots and smell like horses and do and have hay in your bra and all those other weird things you're up in the middle of the night worrying and so that's kind of I guess what we're just kind of wondering you know why did the rest of you and, and why do you Nikki why do I do what I do oh my goodness I have tried to not do it before And I don't know, I don't know if we've had this conversation, like, have you had a point where you have tried to not be a horse person before Nadine? I have had a point where I was forced not to be a horse person and I was the least happy I've ever been. Interesting. Okay. So Mm -hmm. I, I grew up in a really competitive home with horses and it wasn't because like my parents were like, go and compete and do the things I was very competitive and I wanted to, and I had a coach who Um, push me to be competitive. And so I was just as busy then as I probably am now. And it all surrounded horses. And then when I went to go to university, I was like, I'm done. I'm walking away. And I tried really hard to not be a horse person. And then I realized that it's literally in my blood. It's not something I can walk away from. I lived in Halifax for a little while. I don't even know if it was a full year. And I actually remember standing at my apartment window and looking outside and being like, I have like, it's a beautiful day. And I have no idea what to do with my time right now. I have zero interest in going to the mall. I definitely don't want to go for a run. And like, what do I do on days like this if I don't have a horse? And then I started getting like pulled back into the horse world and I met my husband. And I think what is my driving force is they make me me. It's a part of my life. Whether I really do believe whether I had been introduced to them or not, I would have had them in in my life. And I think, you know, kind of thinking I was going to be able to walk away and not being able to do that 
like mentally, emotionally, everything. I think it allows me on those days that are really hard. Those days where I'm like, I do not, like, I can't even feel my feet and I have to go and ride these horses right now. Like I, there are days and we've been super lucky this season, super, super, I'm going to knock wood, but I remember two, I think it was two winters ago. There were days that were so cold. We couldn't lope the horses. Like it was unhealthy to lope them. It was so cold. And those days, I'm sure my why is a little different than, but it's like, you have to just think about the fact that you have chosen this life because of what they bring to you. And I would not be who I am without them. And honestly, like the horses that I have, they wouldn't be who they are without me. So it's like, it's, yeah, it's appreciating the relationship. It's appreciating what they teach me. It's appreciating who they've allowed me to become. All of those things. Is that like a little too deep? (laughs) no not at all because I feel like everybody listening will feel the same way I bet you there's nobody that's listening that that will disagree or yeah yeah, that's right I think it's I think most of our reasons are are the same unless you completely just do it financially I can't imagine anybody that would be listening would be just into horses to make money well that is definitely not a thing I don't think think um so why do you do it? So, I mean, it's very similar to you that it just feels like it's, it's part of my identity and part of who I've been for, for so long. And, you know, like I mentioned before, I had moved to Halifax also and was away from horses because I just didn't have them around. I was in the city and didn't have the money to just be having a horse in the city. And I almost had a bit of a victim mentality there for those few years. It was probably, mm. probably five or six years where I just felt like, well, I just can't have a horse right now. So I'm not gonna, I can't, I literally emotionally couldn't stand the thought of being in the horse world or thinking about horses because it hurt too much. And I know it's crazy. So when we lived, so we moved from Halifax to Saskatchewan and this is insane, you guys. I lived in Regina, Saskatchewan for three years and I didn't ride a horse or really even put a hand on a horse until the last couple of months. I don't know what was into me. I didn't know anybody, first of all. And I guess I just was a little less confident and I'm a bit shy. And so like, it didn't occur to me to just go seek out people or barns or things until it was like time for us to come home. And I said, well, I'm going to go look for a horse here before I move home because what if they have horses here that I might not have access to back in Nova Scotia. And so I did, that's how I found Woody. And so I had started searching out, you know, raining lessons and stuff there. And so I got to take a few lessons in Saskatchewan before I moved home. But ah, did I ever kick myself for living down the street from the agribition for three years and never having even gone crazy all because I just couldn't, I just couldn't go there. You know, the things I could have learned or the people i could have met if I had to just thought, I'll just do what I can for now, right? Right. So, so shifting your focus from like focusing on the fact that, well, why would I do it if I can't have what I actually want versus looking for like the, the highlights of, okay, well, if I can't have it all, at least I can have bits of it in my life in, in this sort of way. Yeah. And I mean, that touches a little bit on what we had been talking about before about, well, if we can't do competitions, we still have to ride. Right. We, we have the horses because we love them. Let's enjoy yeah. them. I see my friends doing trail rides on Facebook mm-hmm. and Instagram. And I just absolutely love it. You know, mm-hmm. we have a couple like mutual friends that yeah. are like, trail ride queens. Like 
they are committed and they have so much fun. Do you so. think if we lived close, would we trail ride together? Do you think? Um, do you know anything about me and trail rides? Have yeah, we- I know. You don't want to, I'm not, I'm not a galloper. I'm, like a, I'm a weirdo when it comes to trail rides. I like, I pretty much have to vet people before <laughs> I commit to trail riding with them. I trust that well you that time. Yeah. You and yeah. I could do it well. We could do it. So yeah, maybe, I'm- maybe we would be trail ride people, but I don't know. I don't know. I make weird decisions when I'm on my own, like ride bareback and bridalist, but I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that crazy <laughs> stuff with you. <laughs> I should add a little background to why this is because, you know, I'm a relatively confident rider, but when I was nine years old, I was on, and nothing like holding on to a story. Hey, when I was nine years old, I was on a trail ride with, and, and it wasn't even, we didn't call it a trail ride because I was English and we called it going out for a hack. And we went out for a hack on our ponies after we rode. And I was just behind the barn. And I said to them, please don't, like, please don't take off and canter to the barn. And they were like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so they took off and they cantered to the barn. And I held my pony back and he slipped and fell and landed on my leg and broke my leg. And oh, I... Yeah. Yeah. So like, I will never forget the feeling of asking someone because I felt unsafe not to do something and then have it occur and then physically being injured and like not be able to ride for the summer because of it. I shouldn't say I'll never forget it because I know I won't forget it. I've moved on beyond it to the point where I can now go and trail ride. But again, I am particular about who comes with me because I won't go on trail rides with people who disregard others' safety. I just won't do it. That is it. I knew that there was a story. I don't think yeah. I've ever heard that story. And I think that we should, I mean, I think we will talk about this again because uh-huh. I think that it, it's a bigger topic. And I think that people need to respect the people that are with them. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I moved to Nova Scotia and I started boarding at uh, Debbie and Steve's and the very first time that Debbie took me out for a trail ride, I didn't know how my horse was going to be on the road and stuff. Because mm-hmm. I have another story that was really scary about almost getting hit by a truck mm-hmm. on the road. And she was so patient and so slow. And she said, we won't go any further than you want to go. And we won't go any closer to the highway than you want to go. And just very, and then after that, we continued to trail ride. And then I ended up, I was on my own all the time, trail riding on the road or off the road or through the woods. And it just gave me the confidence to do that. You have to respect people and their um, fears and insecurities. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're going to go riding with other people, I think. Oh, uh, 100%, 100%. And I like, I, I know that I think it's important personally, I shouldn't say I know that I think it's important that people understand before they go on rides with other people, what each other's priorities are. Like that's how in depth I get, because like I, it, it definitely left a mark in the sense that like, I'm very aware of my physical safety when it comes to those things, but I also know how great trail riding is for my horse. So, and I enjoy it. I really, really enjoy it. Um, but I don't want the added stress to it. So I think you and I could probably do fantastic. And I also, you know, when you, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I was going to be like, we'd be fine. We're the people that go down the street to cross on the crosswalk instead of crossing the street, like in the middle of the road. This just happened with us multiple times. We totally are. That's very true. 
we're oh, different yes. in a lot of ways, but we are similar in so many as well. And I think that's, that's why we kind of like function so well. Okay. So now we know, like, why do we have horses? Why do we do all the things? Why do we spend the money on them? Like, cause you know, really from the outside, Nadine, there are lots of people that don't have horses that would think that we doing what we do is bonkers like spending the amount of money that we do and, and physically the amount of work that we have and all of these things, like people would think that we're a little bonkers, but there really is a deep why for all of us about why we have horses. And I do think it's really important for us to, to understand what that is. And like, whether that's you sit down after this episode or during this episode and you kind of think about it and, and mull it over, or whether you actually turn this into a bit of a journaling thing where you look at it and say like, why do I do this? I think it's a really great question to ask ourselves. So thanks for asking me that. That's fantastic. And it's great to hear why. Before we get into our next topic, why don't I just give a little message from our sponsor? We would like to thank our sponsor, Pache Motors, the largest Ram HD dealer in Atlanta, Canada. They are family owned and operated and their highly trained staff know trucks, towing and hauling better than anyone. So if you're in need of a new vehicle or service, head over to Pache Motors in Windsor, Nova Scotia. You can find them online. All right. Next topic. Let's talk about some of the topics that we're going to be discussing here on Canada Horse Podcast, shall we? So these topics are going to be discussed over the next few weeks and few months. And if there's something in here that we talk about where we say we'd like to talk about these topics and it rings a bell for you where you're like, oh my gosh, I know this person who would be perfect to speak to you about this, then reach out to us. Email us at podcast at informedequestrian.com. We'd love to hear because we want to connect with all of the people on all of the things. So Nadine, why don't you share a few of the topics we're going to be going over? Oh my gosh, there are so many things. And for every one of these things, there's, I can, I can specifically think of questions that I would want to ask. So <laughs> we're going to talk about hoof care. We're going to talk about nutrition. We have um, some guests lined up. We're going to talk about barrel racing and endurance riding. Mm-hmm. The, the thing is, is these are things that we don't personally know a lot about. Mm-hmm. And I think that there are things that we can learn from other disciplines that, that work for anybody. Yeah. And I think that there are people, you know, there might be barrel racers or endurance riders or dressage riders that know some things that they could share that might work in our other disciplines. So I'm really excited to do some cross-discipline sharing. Nikki, I think that's, like you have a- I do. I think that's really interesting because Mike and I actually have this conversation when we were at uh, the equine review in New Brunswick, a few years ago, we were in one ring. There was a pleasure rider, Jeremy LaRose in the other ring. And there was a barrel racer in the other ring, Marcy Powell. And so the three of us, we were doing trail stuff. They were doing pleasure and barrels. The three of us were doing our clinics kind of at the same time or throughout the weekend. So Mike and I, as we were teaching, could actually hear them as well. And we were listening to them teaching people that we have actually taught before as well. And it was really cool because then we were able to speak to them and say, did you notice that it's not because you were in a barrel racing clinic. It's not because you were in a pleasure clinic. This is horse riding. There are commonalities between every discipline that when you start to dig a little deeper and get to the foundation of things, you're riding a horse. And these are the foundations 
foundational pieces that really help you advance in every single area. So they like, Jeremy was talking about lead changes, which we talk about lead changes with our reining horses. And it was great because he was showing different exercises and, you know, it was, it all connects. It really all connects. So I'm excited to be able to talk to all these different people about different disciplines. And you might discover when you're listening about these disciplines that you're like, wait a second, that sounds like something I might be interested in. And you just haven't been exposed to it. For sure. Yeah, exactly. It's both sides. So don't shy away. If it's not something that you Mm. do currently, don't shy away from listening to those episodes, because I think the way we're going to ask the questions and have these conversations, we want it to appeal to any horse person. Yeah. Um, So some other things we want to talk about showing and, you know, AQHA shows, I would love somebody to actually explain the point system to me because Mm -hmm. I don't get that at all. And I don't think I'm the only one. No, I think we should talk about some show prep and etiquette when it comes to shows and clinics and just being around different groups of people that would be the trail riding etiquette as well. Yeah. And etiquette in like the warm-up pen, the etiquette in a warm-up pen for a penning show versus a pleasure show versus a hunter show. Also different. For sure. Um, I think we can get some grooming tips going on here. Uh, pasture and property maintenance. I think that breeding mm. and reproduction would be a really great topic. Hey, mm-hmm. absolutely. Different provincial equestrian federations and what it means to belong to them. I think that's fantastic. And I think that it's great for us to know, like, let's say you move. It's nice for you to know these different things and how different provinces differ. 4-H and Pony Club, 4-H where I am is very popular versus where I grew up, it was Pony Club. So it's interesting to know the difference and where we can send our children to learn. Caring for your horse at home, the ins and outs of boarding of a boarding facility from the border and the barn owner's perspective. I love that one so much. And I'm sure that you love it too, Nadine, coming from a boarding barn. Yeah, I have both sides of that one. Yeah, that's fantastic. Trail riding, which we discussed just a little bit already. (laughs) Burn hacks, love the burn hacks. One of my favorite things to talk about burn hacks is like the thing in your barn that makes your burn function really well for you. Like, what is it that you couldn't live without in your burn? Whether it be like structurally or something you purchased, love them. Leg care, more in depth with equine massage, PEMF, Cairo, acupuncture, all of the things to help our, our horses' bodies feel the best that they can and work optimally. Buying and selling horses. We've all seen those fantastic ads where it's like, you know, a video of the, the pony bronking and, and it's like, you know, beginner safe, da, 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 kind of poking fun at people who don't write ads appropriately. So it'd be great to have conversations around what does a well-written ad look like? What kind of photos do you want to use with an ad? What do you want to avoid in ads? And literally so much more. We, we think about these things at night. Nadine, more than me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah so yeah so those are those are a few <laughs> a few of the topics that we're going to be covering uh in the months to come with uh Canada Horse Podcast all right so you know and in terms of those topics the thing that we want to do is we don't want anyone to feel like they don't understand a term or any of the the certain particulars when it comes to those topics so that's really important to us if you have a question 
let us know. We are trying to avoid and eliminate that culture where you don't know what the other people are talking about and you feel insecure or embarrassed to ask. So something, no judgment, something too, sorry, not to cut you off, but you'll notice in our interviews that are coming up and maybe even our past interviews that you've heard that, because I think how many will we have at this point? Probably two interviews that available. So you might notice that Nadine and I ask some questions that make you go like, how do they not know that already? And it's not that we're asking questions we don't know answers to sometimes. It's that we're asking questions that don't assume that the people who are listening know the answers to them. We want to make sure we ask the questions that dive deeper into things without the presumption that everyone knows this. Uh, And I think that's really important that we get to the to the areas of uh, of our information that we're not embarrassed to ask the foundational level questions in order to kind of move through, I guess, like the rankings of questions, like the depth of the knowledge that we're looking to get to. Does that make you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And and when I'm learning something new, um, say you're learning a new skill, you want to learn how to spin or something like that. I would like to know how am I supposed to ask for this and what is it supposed to look like in the end? Like, how does it look like when you're doing it properly Mm -hmm. and you're doing it correctly? And now, okay, now let's start at the beginning and how do we make the first step in getting there? And I think that a lot of people either jump to let's just do it as fast as we can, or let's just do it the way that the pros do it. But there's so many steps in between. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so now let's go to examples of things that we've seen, experienced, mm-hmm. or even things that we've Googled that, that bring us into situations that have made us feel insecure, unsure, judged, or out of our league a little bit. I think this is Don't a great, start. yeah, I, I can't wait to hear yours because I think this is a great topic because it doesn't matter how long you've been in the horse world at some point it like, I imagine there's people who are brand new right now that are waiting for the time that the, that those feelings will go away, but you'll always have a little bit of like that. Oh gosh, I should, I have known this already, or will people think this about me if I don't know this or if I ask that question? So that's really why we're diving into these sort of questions right now. So I'm excited to yeah. hear. Yours. And you know what? There may be people that do look at you like that or that do yeah. judge. And yeah, I would say to those people or to, to you try to avoid that, you know, it's, it's hard to, but, and try to be the person that understands that everybody has to start somewhere. Mm -hmm. So that brings me to, um, very recently moving the horses home and we had to start our barn and property from scratch. So we just had a huge front lawn and a three car garage, and we turned that into a barn. We added on 20 feet to the end of the barn. And then we added in, um, fencing and everything else. So there isn't, I have Googled a lot of things Mm -hmm. in the last year when it comes to laying out a property and how do you set up a burn? Where do you put the manure pile and how do you put in a fence and what is the best fence and, and all of these different things. And then getting the best or the, the most efficient waterer, which we love. I think that is the thing that when you mentioned about what is the the thing that makes your life the best and it would be our waterer for sure. Yeah. And actually Dean just put a TikTok up about the water. So if you want to know what she's actually talking about there, if you go to our TikTok, which is informed equestrian, you'll see a little video of her horse 
And I, do you have it on Instagram too? I feel like we do. Yeah, it blew yeah. up on Instagram last yeah. night for some reason. It was cool. just a little water video, but anyway, yeah, check it out. It is cool. I don't think I'd seen it before I'd seen it at your place either. Yeah, so. and um, I got that from Sister McQuine in Ontario. No affiliation or anything there. That's just the, the easiest place I could find to get it. And so, but that's, I didn't know where to start. Right. Literally, we had to do a lot of Googling and I found a, a small business to put in our fence who typically do um, winery fencing mm. and they did um, an amazing job. I mean, we, we could have figured out how do you put the posts in and all of that stuff or got friends to help us, but we were literally going on a vacation for a couple of weeks and we came back and the fence was done. Oh, amazing. So it all kind of happened at the same time. And so we had to figure out, you know, how many feet away should we put our manure pile? And you have to like think of all of these things. And there, there may be little books around and I, and I probably have bought them and read them about how do you lay out your barn and stuff. But it feels a little weird when you've had horses for 20 some years and you're trying to ask your friends like questions about their manure pile and how to build a fence, you know? Right. So there, there are always going to be situations where we don't feel confident. We hope that you guys will be able to find a little bit of that information with informed equestrian. Absolutely. That's, that's like, that's our why, <laughs> right? That's our why. Why, why do we do this? We do this because we've been there. We felt it. We know that it exists and we really do believe there's no such thing as a stupid question. And we want everyone to have a place where they can go and find some answers and ask questions and we want to be there. So on that note, let's take a quick listen to a short message from the Canadian Quarter Horse Association. Join the Canadian Quarter Horse Association and share your passion for the American Quarter Horse breed. Become a part of our community and share your experiences and stories. It's our stories and the lines of familiarity we can draw between them that make us a community of Canadians who have a love for the Quarter Horse breed and an interest in its future. Join us today. Membership is free at cqha.ca. Okay. I, I have a very recent experience with this as well. And that was when I switched disciplines and I've switched disciplines like a fair amount, but really switching my discipline from penning to reining felt a little more vulnerable than switching discipline from English to penning for some reason. So I would say where I felt it the most was when I actually went to my first show and I like I prepared I was I was so worried I was going to get in there with my little cow pony and she was going to be scared of everything and just see everything so I prepared a lot but what I did discover is that I was really supported and so you know all of my fears around people looking for me to be making mistakes and all of my fears around, you know, not having anybody to ask questions to and not feeling like I had my own people there and all of that all went away when I went into the warm-up ring and I had people who I'd really not even, I'd not really met before who would walk over and be like, oh, your horse is nice. Or when you're spinning, just look or lo look over your shoulder or like they had no qualms coming over to me and offering me advice in a really kind way. 
And I left that show going, I like, I need to go back. I need, I need to have a Rainer and I need to go and, and be a part of that community. So I'm still terrified. And I still feel, <laughs> I still feel insecure when I'm like, just even when I'm riding my horse at home alone. And I think that's part of why I don't ride them as often as I want, because there's still questions I need answered. But I think that like, I've been riding for 30 years and just switching my discipline and having uh, different expectations of my horse and, and those sort of things has just made those things show up a little bit more. Um, so I'm, I'm used to feeling pretty confident on my horse. And then I was like, Oh goodness, here we go. All right. And it, it's, it, it can be tricky for sure. I think just the people alone without even having the added pressure of like not knowing what to do with my horse. I think just being around people that I like when you get to the show and you don't have the group of people that are expecting you to be there right? We're expecting you to like show up and you know where you're going to park and you know who you're going to park oh next gosh, to yeah. and you know who you're going to be stalled next to. And like, I knew I was going to be stalled next to no one I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> so just things like that. Um, that's where I've definitely felt the least secure and uh, I will continue to do so. And I will continue to show despite it. That's my thoughts. Yeah, I love that. And I've definitely felt that too. Yeah. It, it will continue, but I feel like every year it gets, the more you know yeah. what to expect, the easier yeah. it gets also. But you also get to know people a little bit more and yeah, know who's safe to ask questions to yeah. and things like that. I think this is a really good place to talk about something too, because if I went to that raining show looking for validation that I didn't belong there, I would have found it. So I think it's Brene Brown who says that if you look for reasons for you not to belong, you'll always find them. And I can't remember, what's that book? Braving the Wilderness. Yeah. <laughs> So Braving the Wilderness, she talks about belonging a lot. I mean, she talks about belonging in a lot of her work, but in that book in particular. And I really do believe that when you go somewhere new, when you're trying something new, when you're feeling insecure, if you're looking for validation that you don't belong, you'll always find it. But I didn't go there looking for proof that I didn't belong there. I went there with an open mind about the people that were there and I was open about the experience. And all I saw was people who are looking to build the sport and looking to support people who are new coming into the industry. And it made me feel so welcome. And, you know, I think that's really important. First, it's an individual thing. So wherever you go, whatever you're doing, if you're going to a clinic and you're feeling insecure, if you're looking for times where you feel like you're where you're left out or you don't belong, look for places where you can include yourself because most likely it's that those people aren't used to having you function within their group. And you kind of have to look for those ways to kind of be a part of the conversation. And then they'll, 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 they'll just work around you and you'll be made part of the group. If you're on the outskirts and really feeling insecure, but not willing to step into those situations, um, with an open mind, it's really challenging. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I think you can take control of of that feeling and then mm. go from there. I mean, I don't know if I said this on the podcast already or if it was on one of our videos for Instagram, but mm. I went years not attending the social gatherings and mm -hmm. suppers and things when we had to do with clinics and shows because I just 
by the end of my day in the, the horse event, I was just had no energy left and I was so tired and I didn't, didn't have anything left for like the social part of it. And that's okay too. Yeah, absolutely. But I do think that some people don't do it because they're, they're looking for ways that they don't feel like people are including them. But if you look for the positive, even when you're insecure, I think that's really important. But I, I completely understand like going to those shows, Nadine, especially for someone like you, where, you know, you are more introverted. I can just imagine that those, those experiences alone are exhausting enough that you're like, no, a supper does not sound fun to me right now. I'll be like, I'd probably blame it on Mark. Like, no, my husband is with me. I'm just going to go have supper with him. <laughs> but he's probably like, can I please go out and like socialize with somebody? <laughs> you can come to social to socialize with me. We'll go for supper. <laughs> you and Mike can go and just hang out. You know, like now that I think about it, it's just like, it was the, it, it, it is, you're, you don't feel like you necessarily belong. And at that time, I didn't know where I stood even with my horsemanship. So now I feel very comfortable with my horsemanship and what I can do and accomplish with my own horse that I feel it gives me the confidence to be part of the conversation. Do you know? And and so I think that that is a piece of what we're trying to accomplish here with this show too, is that it doesn't matter what you know or when you start it or what you do with your horse, Mm -hmm. that you can always be part of the conversation and you always have something to contribute. Yeah. And I think it's probably important to bring up the fact that Yes, there are going to be people that are not as kind in those situations. Those aren't your people. Those are not like, look for the people at these events that are open and are welcoming. Look for those people. You'll find them, I promise. But you're, if you're only looking for the people at events that are closed and judgmental, you'll also find those. So you have to make sure you shift your focus onto the good people, the ones that make you feel good about your horsemanship, the ones that make you feel good about yourself. And then your experience in horse events will change for sure. So speaking of feeling good, shall we take a break to draw for our final prize? Absolutely. All right. I can't believe it's the last prize already. I really, really like doing these giveaways. And just a huge thank you to all of the businesses and companies that have donated prizes for our giveaway. And also to everyone who has entered and shared and tagged all their friends. It's been It's been a lot of fun seeing everybody being so excited about our contest and also about our new Canada Horse podcast. So our very last prize is for the White Rock Performance Gear Cooler, and it is beautiful. And who describes the cooler as beautiful until you see these? You just don't know. (laughs) Totally beautiful. It is the perfect word. And the quality, oh my gosh, it's second to none. So I know this because I have one in my barn right now. Um, holding the treats and snacks in the barn while I wait for being able to use it in the summer. <laughs> so you guys, if you didn't win, once once we draw the name, if you didn't win, we highly recommend you checking out the White Rock website. Check them out on Facebook and Instagram and see the things that they have. They have several different sizes of coolers as well. They have some drink cups and tumblers and mugs and and sorts. Um, we really want to support the companies that have been so supportive of us right from the very beginning. Yeah. All right, Nikki, absolutely. without further and ado. It's a Canadian company. Sorry, for, there is further ado. It's a Canadian yeah. company, which is fantastic to be able to support. And they've been so generous and so kind and easy to work with. So we definitely recommend it, recommend you checking them out. They're fantastic. Okay. The winner 
of our White Rock performance gear cooler is Emily Parker. Emily Parker is from New Brunswick. Congratulations, Emily. I can't wait to hear what you think of it. Congratulations, Emily. I'm so excited. We have winners all the way from BC right over to Nova Scotia. And thank you again to everyone who has entered. And if you're a winner, you will have gotten a message from us. So stay tuned for our upcoming giveaways. We have more giveaways and contests coming your way. Thanks again for entering and getting excited and sharing all the things with your friends. We highly appreciate it. And we cannot wait for you to, uh, to really dive deeper into the Canada Horse Podcast. And we're so excited for what we have in the books to bring to you for whether that be contests or information or fun conversations, all the things. So thanks again. All right. So now it's time for you tell me yours. I'll tell you mine. And today it is all about our dream guests. I'm so excited for this one. <laughs> so Nikki, first of all, Nikki, I think that you've had the opportunity to interview some amazing guests on your Take the Reins podcast already. Is there anyone who you'd love to have on our Canada Horse podcast that just may not have been the right fit for your other podcast or that you just haven't had a chance to talk to yet? Oh, I still have lots of people on my dream list that I haven't had a chance to talk to yet. And yeah, there would be a few that probably just would fit this podcast more than the other. Um, I don't want to steal any of yours. <laughs> so we have a couple in common and I'll just, I'll validate yours when they come up. But I will say that my like ultimate dream guest that I ever spoke to, and hopefully maybe we can get him on this one as well, was Warwick Schiller. And he was my very first interview for Take the Reins. So just like looking for validation, like that, that conversation we just had, I, I'll tell you, I can't remember the name of the song. There's a song that makes me feel like super, 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 super good. And I have really good associated memories with it. So before I had uh, Warwick Schiller on my podcast, I literally blasted that, that song in my house and I danced like a fool, like nobody was home. It was just me. I danced and got my energy like up and up and up so that I could go into this podcast and not be super like stressed and made sure that like my body language was good before I went in um, so that I didn't have like spiked levels of cortisol (laughs) before going into this, this um, podcast. So I are into this interview and I, uh, I absolutely loved it. So I can't wait to speak to our dream guests on this one, because I know that you're going to be just as like jacked up as I was for that one. But my dream guests right now, I would say for this podcast would be Mustang Maddie. And I love, I just love what she's about right now. I love it. And Amber Marshall, because if we're thinking Canada and we're thinking horses and like, Heartland, you know, I know that not everybody wants to go and watch Heartland, but we love a show that we can have, you know, our family, we don't have to turn it off when our daughter comes into the room, we can have family conversations around it. And even before we had our daughter, it was like the thing that brought us into home uh, at seven o'clock on Sunday night. So Mm -hmm. being able to speak to her would be super, super cool. So I'm going to just leave it at that because I like we share the other ones really. So I'm going to let you talk about your dream guest. We're putting it in the universe. It's going to happen. Let me hear it. Okay. So first of all, I am, I'm really just pumped that we've had the guests that we've had already. And for the ones that we're going to be interviewing in the next few weeks. So great. This yeah. podcast 
I didn't even know it was going to happen six months ago. So the fact that you guys, people are coming to us and we're doing interviews, I'm super pumped about it anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do believe in putting things into the universe and who knows what could happen. So I do, of course, have a dream guest list in no particular order. I have Ian Miller. Yes. I really really think that that there's somebody listening that could get, hook us up with Ian Miller. Um, I have Matt Mills. Mm. You agree with that one, hey? Totally. Yeah. yeah. Amber did, Marshall, I tell you about, did I tell you about the time that I met Matt Mills and I totally just stood there cleaning poop out of a stall and like couldn't speak? Did I tell you that story? Um, no. <laughs> so I was at the Futurity and I was cleaning out Matt, uh, Matt Hudson's stall and Matt Mills comes along and he's talking to Matt and I'm like trying to make my way to the door to like be a part of this conversation and I was just like starstruck and totally couldn't speak or function so that is yeah. so funny that's my meeting well, that hopefully <laughs> hopefully someday yeah um Amber Marshall of course I think mm-hmm. the same reasons that you think she's just so well known in Canada for horse horses and in the show Heartland I think it, she'd be a great guest Taylor Sheridan yeah and yeah, I don't know. People if, might not if, know that name. Why don't you yeah. let them know? Yeah. Yeah. So Taylor Sheridan um, was the co-creator, is the co-creator of the show Yellowstone. If you haven't watched Yellowstone, oh my gosh, it's on Amazon Prime now. Go and find it. It is the best show. If you ever see uh, memes about Beth Dutton or oh. Rip, it's, it's from oh. this show. And Taylor Sheridan also, um, I don't know what you want to say, produced or created yeah. the run for a million the big raining event that happened last summer and it was supposed to, or I guess the summer before last supposed to happen the next year and it didn't. So I think they put it off till 2021. And that's in last And I just, I just think Taylor has done a huge, huge uh, service to the raining and the cow horse industry in the last couple of years. And I would absolutely love to talk to him about that. Mm-hmm. And then the last one on our list just for right now is Andre Fapani and he has his own podcast and I absolutely love what he is doing to better the sport and to better horsemen out there because he's bringing on guests that are the best at what they do and the information and the length and, and the depth that they get into on their podcast is second to none. So Mm -hmm. I'd like to talk to him as well. Me too. Awesome. That's a great list. Yeah. And I know that as, as we continue this and my knowledge of different discipline grows, there'll be more and more people added to that list because we have some uh, suggestions from our, our listener contributions from Instagram and Facebook right now. And some of these I didn't even know before. So yeah, Jamie said, Abby Langle and Amber Marshall. Yeah. We had Crystal gave us Lindsay Partridge and Jonathan Field. I have reached out to Jonathan Field for my own podcast. So if we can reach out to him for this one and that one and just keep the pressure on, maybe it'll happen. (laughs) He did one with Warwick Schiller not too long ago. He did, I know. That's what brought it back into my thoughts the other, like a couple weeks ago or a couple days ago, actually. Yeah. So I'm so glad that somebody else brought this one up so that I didn't have to say it. It's Casey Deary. Of course, we would like to talk to Casey. (laughs) That just stopped you from having to put it in your own list and make you not look so creepy. (laughs) Uh, thanks, Justin. Um, <laughs> Lena said Sam Van Fleet. So I looked up Sam and she is a, a horse trainer and it, it, she looks pretty cool, actually. Oh, so I'll maybe that's up. one that we should look into. And Nancy gave us John Swales, who's another Canadian horseman. Mm-hmm. So just a reminder how you can actually submit your you tell me yours, I'll tell you mine. 
The best way really is to reply to our stories, send us a DM or an email. Email is podcast at informedequestrian.com. And we really love seeing the responses come in. And if you have any questions or suggestions, then we would love to hear them. So again, there's also in the future going to come along that we have some other options for you to share your note. You tell me yours, I'll tell you mine, but we'll get to those. Um, so that's it. Oh, Nadine, do you want to take this time right now to share a new giveaway that's coming up for us? Yes, I do. Um, so you guys were ending one giveaway, but we are starting another one and it is going to continue to go month to month. We wanted to introduce our new monthly ebook giveaway with Trafalgar Square Books. They are the leading publisher of equestrian books and videos, and you can find them on Instagram at horse and rider books. They have generously offered an ebook a month for us to give away to one of our lucky listeners. Woo-hoo! So, yeah, I'm super pumped about that. And I'm sure that there are people that are big readers like we are out there. So yeah, this is how it's going to work. We're going to read a quote from a book during an episode, and we're going to give you the title. And all you need to do is send us a message with the name of the book. And then the day after the episode airs, which would typically be on a Friday, we'll announce a winner that will be drawn from all the responses that we get. So you'll have about 24 hours to listen to the episode and get your message in with the book title to be entered to win. And again, we're going to be doing this giveaway once a month. So for now, that'll be every second episode, starting with our next episode, starting with episode six. So that is great. They have a huge list of books that they, that you can choose from and good luck book lovers. Okay. So just to clarify, if we are reading them the quote and then are we giving them the title or the author? So they have to, we're are we going to, yep, we're going to get, we're going to read a little quote from a book yep. and we're going to give them the title and all they have to do is come back to us with that title. Oh, right. So they don't have to like, it's not a scavenger hunt. They don't have to figure it no. out themselves. They're just simply bringing the title back to us that they heard by listening to our podcast. Exactly. Want to yeah. make sure then- everybody got that. And then we'll just send you to the Trafalgar Square books and they will get you the download. Just Fantastic. Like I, I think that's the best. Like we're both readers, so we're mm-hmm. excited about that. But hopefully if you are too, you'll check out uh, the books that they already have available and it opens up your world of horse reading, which we love. There's a lot. There's a lot more books than oh. I even thought actually. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, I think that's it for today. And we want to thank you for listening and we appreciate you being here. We'll be back again in two weeks with the next episode and we cannot wait for everyone to hear the interview. So thanks for listening guys. Bye everybody. Thanks for listening today. If you know a fellow Canadian equestrian or equine business you think needs to be highlighted on the show, be sure to email podcast at informedequestrian.com so we can be in touch. And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to send us some love is by sharing about Canada Horse Podcast and Informed Equestrian with your friends. And leaving a review is always appreciated. Your support means the world to us. Until next time. Right on, Canada. Canada.